0: to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.
1: Welcome to another round and the final round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here for 2019. Thanks for hanging out with us all season long. It's time to put a bow on the championships and to do that The cast is back. It is me, it is Hannah, it is Tommy, and we're going to lead things off with our friend from the Georgia High School Football Daily, Todd Holcomb. Todd, as always, thanks for hanging out with us during the playoffs.
2: Always glad to be here, and uh, great job covering the games uh, last weekend. It was uh, as good as ever. Well done.
1: I lost 10 pounds. Hannah, the first question is yours.
0: I didn't lose 10 pounds, but we were both a little sleepy-eyed this morning. (laughs) A little. (laughs) Todd, my question for you is, and I'm going to give my thoughts first, and John's going to agree with me on this. I want to ask you about your favorite moment from the weekend, because our favorite moment is after Irwin County won the title, first for head coach Buddy Nobles. Buddy Nobles was helped up onto the stand, and he looked out into the crowd and said, "Ocilla, we did it. Meet me at the red light. There was not a dry eye in our broadcast booth. I had full body chills. That was one of the best and most special moments of the weekend. Todd, what was your favorite moment?
2: Well, I think that one might be the favorite moment of anybody who, who was watching. In fact, that, I, I'm i not sure the exact quote I think someone told me or I remembered it. He said, party at the red light. And I mean, that may be the greatest quote, post game quote ever when you look, look back on um, you know the history of the of the finals and everything that that uh, went down with Irwin County this year, finally winning. and, Of course, their coach um, Buddy Nobles, who everybody respects and loves so much, and, he, and with the battle he's gone through with cancer, and uh, so certainly that was a great moment, great choice there for me. I, you know, a couple of things that come to mind. You know, I, I um, lived in Cobb County for many years, and um, I don't think a lot of people can appreciate. Uh, you know, the 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 drought that they went to, through in in that county, not having football champions from '67 when Marietta had won it prior to then winning again in 2015 uh, with Alatuna, uh, but Marietta breaking through again. And, and I'll say to my South Georgia fans and La- and Lowndes fans, I mean, I I love Lowndes too, and that would have been a cool story as well. What a great team that they had undefeated going into that game. But I, you know, that was watching Marietta win was was pretty good though. Just. Just from my experience uh, in, in Cobb and knowing some of the people, and it made me think of a, a coach by the name of uh, one of their former coaches, Friday Richard, who yeah. passed away a couple of years ago. And a star player there in the '70s, and I just sure wish he could have been around to see that. I don't think Marietta of the high school had a bigger fan than him. But um, but what a great team! Harrison Bailey uh, threw for 271 yards, and Eric Gilbert, uh, maybe the best, you know, maybe best tight end I've in the in the states ever had. I mean. What a great, you know, year he had. So I would say that one with Marietta winning.
1: Tommy Palmer, next question is yours from Statesboro.
3: Okay. The question would be, you know, and I think Todd just Probably answered it. I don't know that I've ever seen a six foot five, two hundred and fifty pound tight end be able to run the way this guy can go. Uh, and of course, when you got a six foot five quarterback looking down on everything, that kind of gives you a good advantage. I, I really thought Marietta uh, deserved the championship. Uh, Lowndes could have won and would have deserved the championship. And it's hard to separate these two teams, other than both of them run different offenses and different defenses and i'm sure there's some nuances you probably noticed as well
2: well you know i'd written uh, in my blog leading up to the game that i thought it was uh, the most interesting matchup in the highest class that that i could recall in my time of covering it in 20 years and um i think one previous one um was when roswell played grayson and both of them had about you know combined 12, 15 major D1 players. But this one had more of a contrast, with I think, with Lowndes. They really didn't have any of those marquee players. They had a couple of kind of three-star prospects that may, may play. But, but you know, Harrison was, was loaded with that kind of stuff. And so that made it intriguing. Yet if you looked at um, how the teams had played throughout the season, Lowndes had, had performed better. I mean, they were clearly the number one team based on performance. They were ranked sixth or seventh nationally and you know I think that game could have gone either way really um, I mean if they played again I mean I think they might split I, uh, Lowndes is probably the stronger defensive team they finally figured things out and slowed down the pass I think they sacked uh, Harrison Bailey about five times um, but by that time though Marietta had gotten a lead and they just have so much firepower there's never been I don't think a team in Georgia that has had been so good at the skill positions with guys going to major colleges and you know, even the running back—they don't talk about him a lot—but he's going to Troy, and he kind of finished the game there. Uh, Kamani Vidal, um, kind of running out the clock, and just a really talented team. That was a great matchup. He I mean, could have could have gone either way.
1: And at the same time, Todd, it was—I think it was a great representation and cross-section of the state because you had a Coney County make it through to represent Watkinsville in Northeast Georgia you had Brooks County make it to the last game of the year and you know Maurice Freeman we always say he'll play anybody any place anytime twice on Tuesday and out on i-75 if everybody turns on their lights bring the hammer bring the hammer they certainly did all season long you've got Roger Holmes with what they've done in Dublin you have Eagles Landing Christian making history I think that the weekend was a really nice cross cross cross-section of what the high school football mentality is and and what these cities mean to the last game of the year. I mean, Chris making it all the way from Cordill. So I think it was a great cross-section too at the same time.
2: Yeah, two other points I'll I'll make. I mean, you know, in the past 10, 15 years, uh, the state and the nation really, but Georgia was kind of late to the party of being more spread offense, a lot of passing. And you've seen a lot of that um, with some of the teams that have come to the fore in recent years, Colquitt County being maybe the, the best known. Um, but this year, it was it reverted a little bit to those running teams. I um, mean, of course, Marietta was an
1: exception. Delaware, but... Wing T, and Roger yeah. Holmes.
2: Yeah, Dublin. I mean, Dublin and Elka both had over 400 yards rushing, and neither of them completed a pass, and yet they both, you know, win state championships. And uh, In fact, Dublin didn't attempt one in the semis or the finals. They're not
1: stopping you. Why do it?
2: Yeah, exactly. So
1: So it was a great weekend, Todd, as always. Thanks for hanging out with us during the playoffs and bringing the perspective, your perspective, and that of the Georgia High School Football Daily. One last time, for those that want to follow along for one of the Bibles, that it's really something that everyone should subscribe to to get all the information that you and Chip say. Ran into Chip, by the way. It was good to catch up with him, too. But for anybody that wants to get what's going on in the High School Football Daily scene, you guys do it. How do they follow along?
2: Well, try to find us on Twitter, Georgia High School Football Daily. Just do the Google and there's sign-up uh, links there. And, um, yeah, this is our final week, and um, still have a few good things left. In fact, what I'm working on for, for tomorrow or the next day are the ten best stories of the year, kind of uh, looking back, so I uh, still haven't decided how it's going to play out.
1: Todd, as always, thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. We will catch up with you sooner than we all think because there's a lot of stuff going on. As always, my friend, thanks for being a part of the show. All right. Thanks, guys. Enjoyed being on it.
0: Good stuff from Todd, as always, guys. Before we start breaking down the championship games, I want to spend a minute talking about how beautiful Georgia State Stadium was. You mean, I mean, when
1: it's not raining, it's cats not and dogs. raining.
0: So Friday night was a mess.
1: Yes, it was. But
0: Saturday, <laughs> the weather was gorgeous. The stadium was so pretty. And a shout out to the Georgia State staff for yeah. being so accommodating to all of us. No doubt. What did you guys think about broadcasting from the Pete?
1: Tommy, you you got front and center. What was it like for you to? to to? To call the games there listen I enjoyed it it was it was a ball and
3: you know I'm just glad I wasn't there on Friday or Friday night <laughs> doing a game because it was raining let me tell you but I was you know I was kind of hampered a little bit I was driving in that stuff downtown Atlanta so that was not a lot of fun either
1: so first time in modern history and I'm gonna I'm gonna let everybody in on something first time in modern history you know that we have our, our GPB all-weather coat so mm-hmm. the weather resistant water resistant things mm-hmm. after the after we would finished the broadcast on friday i bent down to tie my shoe and i was still wearing that all-weather coat Water poured from my collar onto the floor. It had congr- It had kind of stuck in the collar itself, and literally just poured out as I was bending over onto the floor. Does that Amazing. mean the jacket was working? The jacket was working, <laughs> I guess.
0: <laughs> it I sounds mean, what,
1: like it was. Yeah. So it definitely earned its keep on Friday. Uh, Tommy, what else? What are some of your other takeaways from the weekend?
3: Well, my takeaway from the weekend is this. It, you know, it, it makes you feel really good when your first blog of the year is kind of target a certain team and they end up winning the state, which in my first blog, I really thought Dublin had a shot at winning the state this year and uh, they ended up winning it. But the thing that I really liked was, and, and I did get to see some clips from here, there and everywhere, even in my travels, I was finding out what was going on. But you see such a diversity of offenses. You saw uh, I formation with Blessed Trinity. You saw the wide open with Mary. You saw the pro set with Uh, with, with uh Irwin County runs the wing T just like Dublin. Pretty much you could take one playbook and use it as another team's playbook. But uh, I just thought the diversity was great, which proves if you win a state championship or play in a state championship, it doesn't matter what offense or what, def- what defense you run. It's how well you play. And that, that, that was what I took away from all those games.
0: Tommy, you mentioned one of your first blogs being about Dublin looking good this year. I just have something to say, guys. The very first podcast I was on Here this we year, go. which which was the first podcast, I said that I thought Marietta Marietta was going to win it, and I know that is way too the soon to say something like on that. The show
1: is amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've watched a lot of high school football, as all of us have, and I just thought there was something special about Marietta in. Early in the season, and I said it, and I said, I'm going to regret saying this, but I think Marietta's going to win it. I just want to let you guys know that. That I, you don't regret saying I was, it now? I don't regret saying it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You have nothing to take back, do you, Hannah?
0: I do not. I just wanted to put go. that out there real quick. Yeah,
3: there you go. And we, I think we all, I know John thought the same way that I did because we had discussed it. We thought Irwin had an excellent chance of winning the Class A public title. Don't you remember, John? We no talked doubt. about that early on. Yeah,
1: we did. And I know that you know Hannah got to talk to Todd about it a little bit, but you know Tommy. You and I getting to to watch a very dear friend win a championship. I mean, that to Mm. me just that that was just it spoke volumes.
3: Yeah, it it did. And I had to really focus to not lose it in the press box uh, at at games in down there. It it, it was uh, one of those moments that I will never forget, John.
0: One thing he said up on the podium, he said, if there is a better class A team in history in the history of Georgia high school football, I want to see them. I truly believe that you have a running clock in the fourth quarter defeating their opponent fifty six to fourteen in the state title. I'm with Buddy on that comment.
3: Yeah, let me, let me say one other thing about that. I did the game and got a really good look at the program. Let me tell you something. The cupboard will not be bare next year Mm-mm. for Irwin County. No. You talk about talent and a good-looking, as my friend Ed Dudley used to say, boy, they sure do pass the look test, don't they? Yeah, uh, that's a good football team. They're going to be really good again next year.
1: Yeah, Johnny Soundbite dropping that one. We figured that that was going to go from uh, Ed Dudley. But let's talk about some of the other championships, real quick. Sure. Uh, You know, obviously, Cedar Grove wins their third in four years, but I think, once again, it speaks a lot to what Brad Harbor has been able to build in Cordell. Blessed Trinity wins their third in a row with Tim McFarlane knocking off Oconee County. We got to see Max Johnson on a statewide basis. And. Buford and Warner Robbins, Tommy. I mean, absolutely one of the. What is it about 5A in overtime? I have
3: no idea, but it's going to happen. And and here's the thing and here's the thing that most people don't realize until they take a look. Buford did not have those 10, 11, 12 D1 prospects this year. They were not unusually large up front as an offensive or defensive line. But they play great fundamental football at Buford. They have a great kicking game, and they play good defense. And that's always going to give you a chance in a championship football game. And the key game, won it for them after the defense got a turnover. Isn't that amazing?
0: It was their first title since 2014, but 12th overall, that second most in GHSA history. Mm-hmm. Hats off, though, to Brian Appling, his first season as the head coach, and got a state title.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. And then you get the backyard brawl with Harrison, uh, winning the, uh, theirs for Coach Cobley. Obviously, Bruce Cobley was there. Uh it's they it went to the last game of the year back in two thousand, losing to Parkview. We had that one on GPB way back in the day, but Harrison gets theirs knocking off Alatoona, who had been to the last game of the year and won that one against Glen Academy back in 2015.
3: Both of those were really good football teams. Very solid, very sound. Turnovers make a difference in a football game when you've got those backyard brawls living eight miles apart, being existent. Uh, what was the score the first time? 21-17? 21-17, you get 20-7, yeah. Yeah, could have easily been the same thing. Could have been. All right, Hannah, any last thoughts from
1: the weekend in general?
0: I could use some more sleep.
1: Right there with you. (laughs) Tommy, uh, other other bows that you want to put on our Christmas present from uh, Georgia State Stadium.
3: I just enjoyed it immensely. I missed last year, as you folks know, and it was so great to, as the Cowboys used to say, get back in the saddle again. Uh, I worked with Larry Smith. We had a great time. What a great game we had, and uh, I enjoyed it, and the fellowship was wonderful, as it is always, and I have to give kudos to you and Hannah. What a great job you
1: folks did. Sleep-deprived hosts who were average. <laughs> Thank you, Tommy.
0: Is my third season with GPB, but my first time being full-time with you guys and up in the booth. What was it? 26 total hours that of broadcasting. That was more than that. Well,
1: I mean, yeah, it was 26 hours, but you had eight games in 37 hours total.
0: And you, know, right. you had to be there early and be mm-hmm. there after, and not complaining. But there's no one else I'd rather broadcast with. I said this on television, but John Nelson, you are the man. There is nothing that I... Can throw at you that you don't have an answer to. I'm mean, half the time. We would I'm
1: 412 be, years old. We'd that's be coming why. on
0: air, and I would look at him, and we would just be talking to each other through our eyes. And I'm like, "All right, we, we got this. Yeah. we know."
1: And that's the thing. It's John. Just, you're amazing. Yeah. When you well, thank you. No, you are as well. When you when you jump in the way that you have, and you know, you're you're a Cobb County kid, so you know what this go means. Trojans. Yes. Go Lassiter. Life at the Frank. <laughs> but no, I mean, you're a Cobb County kid, so you understand what it means. And so you know what these weekends mean—not to just folks in Marietta, but to folks in Osceola, folks in Cordill, folks in, in at Lounge down in Valdosta. So you know at Watkinsville and Quitman and places like that. So you got the chance to see what it means to the rest of the state. Knowing what you knew going in. And so I think that that knowledge base really helped you in this regard. But the same that literally it's, you know, we have pieces of paper for those of you who are listening. We have rundowns and the rundowns might be a page. It might be two pages. But those things get marked up so much. And it's like, okay, it's more of a roadmap instead of a guideline. It's like instead of something that's written in stone, it's written with a pencil and it's erased and gone over again. But you were tremendous and just kind of flying and floating with the whole thing. And it was it was strong. It, It was it's a blast to work with you.
0: Thanks, John. I appreciate that. Yeah, we did not go by one single rundown. I mean, we had the rundown. <laughs> we had pieces of
1: paper, but...
0: But, <laughs> but that wasn't how any of the shows went. But no, to your point, I know what high school football means to these small towns. It means everything in the state of Georgia. I truly believe we have the best high school football in the entire country here in Georgia. And it's so special to be able to broadcast next to you, John. And Tommy, it was so great to see you again in person rather than just hearing that beautiful voice that you have over the radio
1: dulcet tones of tommy palmer
0: you guys are the best
1: Thank you. Tommy, Thank you. Enjoy any, any it. Other, any other thoughts from the season in general as we wrap things up for another year of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast?
3: Yeah, having played in a small town, growing up in a small town and seeing small towns like a Brooks County and like an Irwin County uh, play for a state championship. What 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 a great adventure that is. The these kids will never forget what happened to them. Win or lose, the winners or losers will never forget what happened to them this past weekend. They'll be talking about it 30 years from now. Trust me.
1: That's Tommy Palmer down in Statesboro, my trusted co-pilot for the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Thanks to you, my friend. I will catch up with you soon. Thanks to Todd Holcomb from the Georgia High School Football Daily for hanging out with us during the playoffs. Thanks to the woman sitting to my left. I was trying to figure out left, right. She's to my left.
0: Brains aren't functioning today.
1: No, they're not. Hannah, we will be doing other things this week so folks have to pay attention to all of the social media platforms. We're not done with Countdown to Kickoff. National Signing days also this week, so keep an eye on things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and our YouTube channel, gpb.org slash sports. And don't forget to download the GPB Sports app available iOS and Android for all the information 24-7, 365, or 366 when it comes to leap years. And we're going to have one of those next year, I think
0: whatever you say john
1: yes especially for those of us who are caffeine deprived that's another round of the football fridays in georgia podcast this series has been produced in 2019 by the irreplaceable sean powers play safe everybody we'll be back before you know it bye guys bye